Anorexia is an eating disorder that, like all eating disorders, is less about food than it is about a way to cope with emotional pain. For this reason, anorexia should be considered a behavioral addiction. People who struggle with anorexia cope with a specific emotional pain that they suffer by controlling their bodies, especially with regards to weight. They tend to suffer from an inaccurate perception of their own weight, body dysmorphia, as well as an intense fear of gaining weight. This then leads to behaviors such as severe restriction of food intake, even to the point of starvation, misuse of laxatives, enemas, diuretics, diet aids, and excessive exercise. Some people who struggle with anorexia binge and purge, similar to those who struggle with bulimia, but there are some key differences between those who struggle with anorexia and those who struggle with bulimia. For a person struggling with anorexia, all these behaviors can lead to abnormally low body weight. This behavioral addiction is not only harmful to a person's overall health, it can be life-threatening. To understand the motive behind this particular behavioral addiction, we need to dive deep into the past experiences that people who develop anorexia encountered. The people who experience anorexia all have trauma relative to feeling completely out of control. As children, we are innately completely out of control of our lives. It's not really a joke when I joke about the fact that your happiness in childhood has a lot to do with how sweet your prison keepers are. The prison keepers being the adults in your life. They are the ones making the decisions for you in life. And so, your satisfaction has to do with one thing, and that's their capacity to be in touch with you enough to know what your best interests actually are. Our degree of safety in childhood and in all subsequent relationships has to do with our capacity to trust that when we're out of control and they are the ones in control, that they have the capacity to take our best interests into account. But let's just be honest, a lot of people can't and don't. Instead, they're only concerned with their best interests, even to our detriment. We become a tool for their self-gratification. Now, this can occur in less severe ways, such as a person constantly criticizing us that we shape ourselves away from our original form to conform to whatever would please them. It also happens to the more extreme end of the scale, where we exist for their gratification and that we're being sexually abused. What this spells is the following belief. I'm totally out of control, and because they're the ones in control, I can expect to be in pain. Obviously, this is a terrifying kind of prison to be in. It gives rise to constant anxiety. If someone's only concerned with their best interests, they don't see or hear or feel or understand you. This means you're alone even when you're with them in a room. For this reason, anorexia is no exception when it comes to addiction. All addiction is about isolation at its root. Those who suffer from anorexia were and are emotionally isolated, and that creates intense pain. A perception that all people with anorexia seem to have is the perception that no matter what they try to do, it never works. And it's that form of being totally out of control of the creation of their life that leads to this disorder. Here are some examples. No matter how hard I try to shape myself to please the adult and avoid criticism, it never works to make the criticism stop. No matter how hard I try to manipulate this adult so as to get my needs met or stay safe from them, it doesn't work. No matter how hard I try to be loved or approved of and belong, it never actually leads to being loved or approved of or being treated as if I belong. No matter how much I try to get the things I want in my life, I can't make it happen. Basically, their desires are completely at the mercy of the adult. 
but they're sitting here in life looking around at other people who seem to be able to make that happen. Maybe it's the sibling who can actually feel belonging. Maybe it's that person who can actually do whatever it takes to get what they need. And so intrinsically, at the core self-concept of people who struggle from anorexia is, I'm a complete freaking failure because I'm totally out of control of everything. What the hell does it say about you if everyone else can do this stuff but you can't? That's the type of thinking that creates anorexia. And this converts very quickly into self-hate. In early life experiences like this, there is no actual love. And that's one of the hardest things to swallow for somebody who suffers from this disorder. Because we all want to believe that we were loved. But it's not actually love. Because to love is to take something else as part of yourself. If you do that, you can no longer separate the other thing's best interests from your best interests. They are now one and the same. So a person with anorexia learns love as something that it isn't, and therefore develops a subconscious negative association with love. Love is very often experienced as some form of abuse. Because this false love is taking place in such a dysfunctional way, the giving and taking of energy from one another becomes quite dangerous. To accept something, for example, may mean you're indebted to whomever you accepted it from. Or to give something may mean that you will be rejected. So the safest alternative is to not take anything and to be very careful about giving. If you're dependent on someone that doesn't have your best interests at heart, but actually has their best interests at heart, what's the best way that you can get out of this situation? Try to not be dependent on them. Obviously, if you need something from somebody, you're dependent on them. They're the one in control. So the only way to gain back control is to figure out how to not need them. The only way to gain back control is to willingly starve. It's important to see that the anorexic does not just deprive themselves of food intake. They deprive themselves of all kinds of forms of energy intake. They deprive themselves of things like praise, enjoyment, affectionate touch, other people's presence, etc., etc. If anorexia progresses too far, this self-hate and this need for control actually turns against life itself. Now, what is life? Life is essentially relationships. When you're talking about my life, you're talking about the relationships you have with everything. Now, obviously, if we are suffering from anorexia, our relationships in life have not been enjoyable. As a result, life becomes not enjoyable. Basically, we start to feel the same way towards life that we have felt towards the people who set the stage for that life. We feel as if we're completely out of control to life itself, as if life itself that we are out of control to does not have our best interests in mind at all. And so, we boycott life. When we shut down not only towards food and other forms of energy intake, but also towards life itself, it becomes a subconscious death wish. For a person with anorexia, much like a person with OCD, they gravitate towards being able to control any insignificant thing that they can possibly control. And often, this is enabled through the control of their body, which is super ironic. Because on the one hand, physicality is something that most people who struggle with anorexia felt completely out of control of at one point, which is what makes it so incredibly alluring to be able to control some aspect of that. A person with anorexia tends to control whether they eat, 
what they eat and why, how much they eat, whether their body's allowed to keep the food or whether they throw it up, whether they force a bowel movement, whether they exercise so hard that the body's forced to lose weight, and anything else related to the way they want their body to be or look. But the emphasis tends to remain on weight. In the life of an anorexic, it is quite common that at some point there was an equation made between self-worth and being skinny. And this makes it such an incredibly alluring target for control. Control of me being able to have self-esteem. Control of being valued by other people. For the anorexic, being in control in this way is a tool of mitigating the pain. The pain of feeling completely out of control. The pain of lack of self-worth. The pain of feeling like a complete failure. And last but not least, the pain of complete anxiety. Because we've already learned that we can't trust anybody else with our best interests. Okay, so now that you understand that anorexia is a method of coping, what should somebody do if they're suffering from anorexia? One, anorexia is a behavioral addiction. Because it's a behavioral addiction, it must be treated like an addiction must be treated. Now what an addiction does is it tries to pull you away from a certain type of pain. And as long as you continue to do that, you will continue to engage in whatever behavior is addictive. And addictive behaviors or substances, by their very nature, cause us to decline. They're not an additive to health. So what do we have to do to solve an addiction? We have to go in the exact opposite direction. We have to go towards and into all of the pain that we have been trying to avoid. We have to go into the wound that that addiction is trying to cover up or cope with. And hopefully with assistance. In my opinion, the best process for doing this is the completion process. You can go to thecompletionprocess.com to learn all about it as well as to find a practitioner to work with if you want one. Two, you can find ways to be in control, but in conscious ways. Now, the majority of experts on anorexia seem to prefer the path of taking anorexics away from needing control. This is actually the worst way to approach healing from anorexia, because what anorexics need is control. Now, some people in their progression, especially in their spiritual progression, need to let go of control. The person who suffers from anorexia needs the opposite. They need to consciously be in control of their life. Basically, they need to say that they are capable of taking control in ways that lead to positive outcomes or positive emotional states. Now, think about this. The behavioral addiction of anorexia in and of itself is actually just a very subconscious attempt to actually do this. So here are some ways that you could go about doing this. You could consciously visualize things for five minutes a day and see how they show up in your reality. You could design a day your way. To do this, decide to do only what would make you feel really good to do and plan it and then execute it so that you have taken control of what happens in your day. When something happens that doesn't feel good, like something spills, for example, clean it up. And while you're doing that, consciously remind yourself that you are taking control of the spill. And now that there is no spill anymore, feel how good that feels, that you could control that and turn it into a situation that felt better. Also, you could create something like art, where you're in control of the finished product. There are so many ways you could consciously learn to be in control and see that you can be. But you want to make sure to start with little achievable goals and things. Because of this innate sense of failure at control or failure at 
creating a life that feels good is so intrinsic to somebody who suffers from anorexia. It's really important when you're doing this type of activity or any one of your activities to set achievable goals. So that is, the thing that you can set out to do and accomplish it is going to go much further in terms of your innate sense of being able to control rather than picking something that's not achievable. Three, get people in your life who can and do take your best interests as part of their best interests. And believe me, you need to get rid of people in your life who don't and can't do this. This will get easier and easier the more that you go into these deep wounds that are actually at the root of this entire behavioral addiction. It will be easier to see what people in your life should be kept and what people in your life you should let go of. Obviously, because nobody took your best interests into account, you were never seen and heard and felt and understood. And so you were so intensely innately alone. And aloneness, like I said, is what is underneath every single addiction. If you want to get over this, you're going to have to connect with people. You've got to get really close and intimate with people. You've got to do that with people who you can trust. And what trust is all about is about being able to rely upon the fact that they are able to see, hear, feel, and understand you so as to know what your best interests are and act on it. What you're going for is this. I'm out of control with this friend, or I'm out of control with this partner, or I'm out of control with this colleague, and so I know I'm safe. Once you're in those relationships, you will be able to viscerally rewire your body in terms of trust. You will be able to let go of control. And what's more than that, it will now be safe to receive energy and to give energy. Four. Bring love to your self-hate. Self-hate is a coping mechanism that goes hand-in-hand hand with anorexia. Now, you may be a little bit confused at why I'm saying that self-hate could possibly be a coping mechanism. But it is. To understand this coping mechanism in depth and to find out how to heal it, I want you to watch my video titled Self-Hate, The Most Dangerous Coping Mechanism. Five. Discover your narrative and dissolve it. Every person without exception that suffers from anorexia is dealing with a false narrative that is a false story of me. And this false story not only involves negative things that are false, also positive things that are false. And both sides of the coin of this story are keeping you trapped. For example, we have a story of oneself as being hideous, bad, disgusting, dark, or worthless, at the same time as a story about oneself having ethereal powers, being endlessly self-sacrificing, coming from royal blood, or any number of other things that serve to negate the negative self-story. It's a polarized view of self. This comes from parts within that have adopted a negative self-image from one's childhood, and parts that were designed to compensate and cope for those parts. One thing that's really important to understand about anorexia is that the disorder itself is often woven into the positive self-story that is false. And this makes anorexia quite resistant to change. Regardless of whether our story about ourselves that we hold is negative or positive or both, we have to start shooting holes in it so that it breaks apart. Now here's what I mean by the disorder itself is often held up by the positive story of self. Let's say that my positive story of self is, I'm such a spiritual being. 
Now, I might tell myself, I don't eat any food because food crowns me into the physical too much and it takes away my oracle nature. So my positive story of self is actually keeping me stuck in the disorder itself. To overcome anorexia, you have to psychologically dissolve this false story of self. We also have false narratives relative to other people and relative to the world in and of itself. All of them have to be dismantled. For example, we tend to tell ourselves that no one likes fat people. But what if that weren't true? What if men, for example, were much more attracted to the 1950s body type, where women have curves and cellulite? What if entire dating sites exist of only people who are looking for chubby and fat people to date who think that skinny is gross? 6. Dedicate yourself to authenticity. Now, obviously, you weren't authentic for a very real reason, and that reason was there were serious consequences for being authentic way back when. But that just isn't the case anymore, and it can't be. Back when you were in prison, meaning there was no way to escape and all your needs were met by these adults in your life, and that was your life, Maybe it was a genius coping strategy to let go of your authenticity in order to not meet with so many of those consequences. But if you do the same thing now, you're looking at a life of absolute misery. The more authentic you can be, the happier you will feel in life, the less you will feel like you're uncomfortable in your own skin. Living your life in the attempt to gain approval and avoid conflict, you will stop being controlled by perfectionism, which is really an attempt to manipulate in order to get your needs met. People will be attracted to the real you, and as a result, you will feel what it is to be truly valued for what's intrinsic about you. You will stop this pattern of rejecting your own needs and consistently attracting people into your life who reject your needs. Also, you will stop feeling disconnected from your role in life, where you truly fit in. To learn how to do this, watch my video titled, How to Be Authentic. 7. Heal your relationship with your body. The reality is, you treat your body like the adults in your life treated you. That is, that you're completely in control of it without having its best interests in mind. You are disconnected from your body and abusive towards it. To undo this, I want you to do integration work with your body specifically. You can treat your body, or even specific parts of your body, as if it is one separate part. To learn how to do this, watch my video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. 8. I want you to close your eyes and become incredibly aware of what emotion you're trying to achieve or managing to achieve through anorexia. What emotion or feeling do you get when your body feels the way you want it to feel? What does self-starvation give you that nothing else does? What does it feel like when it's clean on the inside or skinny? Or when you're in complete disciplined control of what goes into it? How does it feel when you see other people putting things in their body that cause them to get fat? What emotion or feeling is it that this gives you that you cannot seem to feel in your life without it? Some anorexics who are aware of their condition will tell you that it feels like the awesome gratification of punishing someone in their life. Some people will tell you that that complete soaped feeling on the inside of the body makes them feel like they're like air and nobody can grab onto them so they're safer. Some people will tell you that when they're able to control something, they just get this intense full-body sensation of relief, which is the lack of anxiety for once in their life. I need you to identify and become very familiar with this sensation that you're trying to go for through anorexia. 
Then I want you to sit down and brainstorm, how could I get that sensation in ways that are beneficial to me instead of detrimental to me? Involve other people in this brainstorming as well. Nine, focus on safety. Here's the reality. Some people on this planet, a lot of people, need to get the hell out of their comfort zone. You are not one of them. If you are struggling from anorexia, you need to define comfort zones instead. You have to figure out what safety is and be in control of actually being able to create it. If you struggle with anorexia, you feel like you have to fend for yourself. And as such, you feel unsafe and unprotected. This means in every situation where you begin to feel unsafe or anxious, instead of tuning it out, use that feeling of unsafety as an alarm bell. When that alarm bell goes off, I want you to ask yourself the question, what could I do right now to make this situation feel a little bit safer? Now, it's not always going to be things that are extreme, which is what you have in your head, like, oh, to feel safer, I just got to run out of the restaurant. No, it could be stuff as simple as, just if I put a puffy coat on, I'll feel more comfortable in this social situation. But you need the experience of noticing that you don't feel good, taking actions to feel better, and seeing that level of control you have over your experience. Write up a safety list. On this list, I want you to put every single thing you can think of that you know makes you feel safe. Now, the more familiar you get with the feeling of safety, specifically for you, the more easy it will be to identify what these things are. It may be like listening to certain sounds. It may be warm water. It may be somebody lightly tickling you. I mean, the list could be 50 miles long. And when you feel unsafe, I want you to just go to the list and pick something off of that list and then take action to do it. 10. Give loving presence and understanding to your worry. People with anorexia, they worry. Why? Who the hell wouldn't worry if you've already learned that nobody has your best interests in mind, including the universe at large? You're going to try to be one step ahead of the game. By worrying, you're basically attempting to figure out what's going to happen so that you can do anything to try to prevent it. But you're living in constant worry. And you need to see this about yourself and to have intense levels of empathy for why. To understand worry in depth as well as what to do about it, watch my videos titled How to Stop Worrying, Ask Teal Episode on Worry, and How to Stop Expecting the Worst, Catastrophizing. 11. Develop a positive relationship with food. Now, anorexia is an eating disorder. That means food is absolutely involved in this disorder. And the more positive our relationship gets with food, the easier it is for us to intake it. But here's the thing. Most people think that controlling food in any way is unhealthy for an anorexic. It actually isn't. Controlling food may be very healthy for the anorexic, provided that somebody with anorexia has a real good handle on what's actually in the best interests of their own body. And this is where most anorexics fall short. The anorexic has a relationship with their body like their parents had with them. They're in control of their body without having their best interest at heart. So pay close attention to this. If you struggle with anorexia, there is a very high likelihood that you think things are actually in the best interest of your body that are not in the best interest of your body at all. If you have the best interest of your body in mind in actuality, controlling what you are doing with your food is actually a healthy thing to do. For more information about how to do this, watch my video titled How to Improve Your Relationship with Food. If exercise is a part of your anorexia, you have to do this with exercise as well. You have to exercise 
with what's in the best interest of your body in mind. That may be less exercise, that may be completely different forms of exercise. It is so common when we struggle with anorexia that we never do things for our body. We do things against our body. But what's scary is that we tell ourselves it's for our body. That's actually self-gaslighting. It's just one of the most self-abusive things you can possibly do. To do something against yourself, but to convince yourself you're doing it for yourself. Anytime you do something against your body, it's going to backfire. As with most things, I could write a book on anorexia and how to overcome it. But what I have done in this video is to list the most important things to understand, to apply, to heal from this particular disorder. If you start taking these steps, I promise you, you will find an improvement. Believe it or not, it is possible for you to have relationships where people take your best interests as part of their best interests and therefore to feel safe in your relationships. It is possible for it to be safe for you to take in energy from life and for there to be no consequences for doing so. It is possible that the person that you really are is not only a success, but is also more than good enough. It is possible for you to consciously create and control the creation of a life that actually feels good. In fact, you came here to do exactly that. Have a good week.